in the lobby, it is possible for someone to stand there all morning long and not be reached out to. And now, I, now can I tell you this, though? He told me later, he said, five people did come up to me, but I told them I couldn't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't as bad as it looked. <laughs> In fact, he was, Mike said later, he goes, I actually tried to find him after the service and say, I'm really not that mean. Um, but uh, he, we, anyway, but the, but the point is, there's, but there was a lot of time where no one was, was reaching out to him. And the point is, there is a crowd here at K2. On average, there will be about 1,000 adults that will hang out here on a Sunday morning. And it is possible to be alone in the crowd. Now, there's actually nothing wrong with being alone, right? How many of you like to be alone? Yeah, I mean, I'm an extrovert, like way big-time extrovert. And I like to be alone. Sometimes I just need that. Um, my wife, Susie, is an introvert. She really likes to be alone. And, uh, and in fact, it was one of my funniest, one of our funniest memories was uh, probably a little over a year. Um, I took my first, after we were married for a little over a year, I took my first like three-day trip where I was gone. And I mean, so up to that point, I mean, we spent every moment together, just, just loved this bond. And, and so I come home from this trip and I sit down and I say, so how was your time? She goes, those were the best three days ever. <laughs> You know, I'm like, okay, so we better do some marriage counseling here quick. But no, we, what, what we realized was as much as she loves to be with me, she needs to be alone. Being alone can actually be something that's actually really, really good. Now, there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. I, uh, in my life, I've, I, the way I'm wired, I dive in. I know lots of people. I always have. And this is the deal. Loneliness doesn't just affect introverts, it affects extroverts. Loneliness actually affects everybody. You can be married and be lonely. Don't rate no and nod your head if you're sitting next to your spouse. You can be single and be lonely. You can be successful and be lonely. And you can be struggling and be lonely. It affects everybody. I remember uh, in 1997, I left Kensington Community Church to finish my master's, and I went out to Southern California. I hate Southern California. <laughs> I loved it when people visited because there was lots of stuff to do. But I'm telling you, culturally, I lived in Michigan. I lived in Kentucky. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived here. I've, lived, I've been all over the place. And for me, it was just a really weird experience of feeling incredibly isolated, and especially in the church. It was a great experience for a pastor to have to go be a new person because I chose to do that for six months. I decided to be a new person for six months at churches and just go to church after church after church and just see what would happen. And I can tell you what, man, by far, most of my experiences were like Mike standing out there with no one talking to me. It was, um, it was just, it was amazing to me how much I felt lonely in the church. There was one church that I actually decided to kind of hook up with after that experience and, and try to build some community. And I remember I was single at the time, and there was a guy that I was building a friendship with, and he said, hey, a bunch of us are going to go out to, to eat after uh, church if you want to hang out with us. And I go, that'd be awesome. You know, I'd love to meet some people. And uh, so we go, and we sit down in this restaurant. He and I were the first ones to get there. The other person, next person, the first person that shows up, comes in, doesn't even look at me, and totally engages this friend that they know. So the way I am, go, hey, I'm, I'm Dave Nelson, you know, and good to meet you, la, la, la. Second person came in, did the same thing every person that walked into that restaurant didn't say one word to me. How does that feel? I, I'm telling you, loneliness 
stinks. Being alone is great. Loneliness, feeling like my heart is not connecting with any other heart, is a really painful thing. I lived by myself for about a year and a half, and as I've shared here before, it was just a time when God literally dug a hole and threw me in and just covered me with dirt. I said, Dave, I'm going to give you a taste of what it is to be lonely. And it's hard. Mother Teresa says this, the most terrible poverty, because you know she's ministered to those who are poor, she says the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Now there's lots of causes for us to feel lonely, right? When you lose someone, whether it's through a death or through a divorce or through a breakup of a relationship, whatever, if you, if you lose somebody, it's an incredibly lonely time. And some of you right here, right now, this is your most lonely time. Salespeople on the road, I don't know how you do it, man. When I go away just for three days, I've just, oh. Some of you are out there so often, and it can be lonely. Here's a weird one. Mothers of young children get lonely. Because now all of a sudden, they've got this whole other world with someone who can't talk their language, right? I mean, you guys who have been moms of young children, right? You just connected to have some adult conversation. It can be lonely. Moving to a new city or having a new job or going to a new school can be really lonely. Do you guys know right now, my guess would be maybe, oh, probably not this service because college students will come later, but uh, right now, we probably have a slew of college students who just moved to the University of Utah. They're away from home for the first time, stuck in maybe a dorm room with someone they don't know, entering a whole new stage of life, and loneliness can be an incredible thing that they feel right now. When you're newly retired, that can be really lonely because... What you used to do isn't there anymore, or when you're an empty nester, all that kind of stuff. But then there's also this, you guys. You can be around lots of people and have nobody understand you. You ever been there? In a crowd, and nobody gets you. That's really lonely. I think it's more lonely when people, when you're all by yourself. And when no one reaches out to you, as I've shared. Sometimes you carry a burden, and nobody else carries it with you. Is that lonely? You know what else is lonely? When you have a passion for something and nobody else shares it with you. (laughs) There's something that burns inside your heart and it's yours alone. That's very, very lonely. Albert Einstein said this, it is strange to be known so universally and yet be so lonely. I'm telling you. Now let me just ask, let me just share this. In the service this morning, my guess would be at least, at least by stats I read and all that kind of, at least a third of you in this room right now are really lonely for whatever reason. And probably another rest of us, <clears throat> probably get up in the 90-some percent of us, maybe you're not lonely right now, but you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Some of you just, I don't know, you're just never lonely. It's pretty cool. I don't know how you do it, but it's amazing to me. Can I just say, even if you're not lonely today and you're feeling, oh, a message on loneliness, you know you will be probably someday. And can I just share this? Can you remember, would you have cemented in your brain that picture of Mike standing out in that lobby? Walking around. I mean, we always tell people, man, if people are making a beeline for the exit, leave them alone. You know what I mean? Like the one gal said, they're not too pushy. That's a good thing. Can you have a cement in your mind that here at K2, the church, people can stand around in the lobby like this, just wanting somebody to say, morning, how you doing? Because if you're not lonely today, you are blessed (laughs) And part of the reason you're being blessed, I think, is so you can help somebody who is lonely today. And we need to do that this morning. Loneliness is something we feel. It's an emotion. 
And there's no such thing as a right or wrong emotion. So if you're feeling lonely today, don't beat yourself up. You know, you, you go, come on, suck it up, you're telling yourself. You know, and I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, I shouldn't be lonely. You know, just, you're lonely. It's pretty common, actually, in the Bible. A lot of people experience loneliness who really knew God. Loneliness, that emotion is just a response to something. But what do we do with this? See, I think, it may, I think what loneliness does is it reveals a really important truth about what it means to be human. And that is that you were made to be in relationship and to be loved. You were made to be loved. The way I want to say it today is you and I, man, you know what matters? To be known. To be known and that someone would say, I know you and I'm with you. I know you and I'm with you. So what I'm going to do today is I want to go to the Psalms. Can I just encourage you again? Man, when you're really struggling with anything in life, read the Psalms. They are there to help us know how to deal with the anguish in our heart. And I'm telling you, when, I, when I'm really struggling, the first thing i got to do is go, man, get to the Psalms, because these guys were struggling. And they teach us how to struggle with our emotions, and today especially loneliness, and yet engage with God and figure out how to get through or how to live still in your loneliness. I'm going to go through Psalm 25 today. Psalm 25 is a psalm that David wrote, which is awesome because David, if you think about it, this is a guy who shouldn't have been lonely. He was a king. He was a father, a husband, a son, a brother. He was very successful. <clears throat> but he had a lot of opposition and a lot of struggle. Look at this. Verse 20, uh, psalm 25, starting with verse 16. David's crying out to God, and he says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I'm lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. And maybe some of you this morning, that's what you just, you just, you just need, oh, do this. So that's what you do. The Psalms teach you, and this is how you worship. This is how you cry out to God. And David's honest, and he says, man, turn to me and be gracious to me. I'm lonely, and I'm afflicted. And then I like this, because he says, the troubles of my heart. He's not talking about the troubles around, because he's under a lot of opposition when he writes this psalm. But he's saying, yeah, all that's happening, but it's the troubles of my heart that are actually multiplying. And so I'm asking you, would you free me from my anguish? Any of you relate to that? You ever been there? David goes to God, and he asks him to look at two things. Once we're honest, there's two things that David does. And he says, God, would you look at a couple things here? Because I'm lonely. So, okay, when you're lonely, or if you're lonely today, here's your, here's your instruction for today. The first thing that David says is, hey, would you take a look inside? <laughs> I'm really lonely, and I'm really afflicted, and my heart is, troubles are multiplying. And then he says this, would you take a look inside? Look at verse uh, 18. It says, Lord, look upon my affliction and my distress. And then he says, and take away all my sins. Take away all my sins. God, I walk in and no one talks to me. God, I, my relationships are falling apart. God, I'm surrounded by lots of people. And I'm lonely, and I'm afflicted. And the first thing David says is, so hey, let's take a look inside here. How's my heart? 
See, when I think about that, I'm going, why did David, when he was lonely and afflicted, say, let's take a look inside first? Because what do you do when you're really lonely? I don't know about you. The first thing I do is, what's wrong with all you people? Don't you? Come on, can't you see me here? What's up with you guys? David goes, well, what's up with me? And the first thing he does is this. He says, take away all my sins. And I'm like, well, what is sin? In the Bible, in the New Testament, what it teaches us is that all of the law, everything that's in here, is tied up in one thing. You guys remember what it is? Love God and love people. Jesus says the whole law is summed up in that right there. If you just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, if you just love people, then you are accomplishing righteousness. That's what it is. So if that's the law, then what's sin? Apparently sin would be, I don't love God with all my heart, and I don't love you. Right? Would that, does that make sense to everybody? If the whole thing is summed up, love God, love people, if you do that, you're good. Okay, well, I'm not good, so take away my sin. That means I don't love God, and I don't love you. And when I think about that, I go, what would be the result if I wasn't loving God and I wasn't loving you? Well, see, the reason I'm usually doing that is because of why? Because I'm thinking about me. I'm not thinking about you, right? So interesting, you would be, just take a, take a good in, investigation right now of your own heart. How'd you walk in this morning? Did you walk into K2, the church, the body, the living, all of you who are Christ followers, not of you who are visiting, but those of you who say, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Did you walk in here this morning saying, I can't wait to love God, and I can't, with, through my worship and just to give my heart to him, oh, and I can't wait to love the people. Or did you walk in and say, well, I wonder if anybody will say anything to me this morning. Wonder if the worship will be good. Wonder if the message is any right. Nelson, been spending time with Jesus. Did I waste some more an hour this morning? You know what I'm saying? It's like this this thing. The result, you guys, is when you don't love God and you don't love people and you get focused on yourself, then what happens? You're not tight with God. And you're not tight with people. And so sometimes loneliness, sometimes, now bear with me, there's more to this message. Sometimes loneliness can be a test of our own hearts. And sometimes we can be lonely, not be, oh, I heard this, this is so good. Sometimes we're not, sometimes we're lonely, not because we're empty, <clears throat> but because we're too full of ourselves. <laughs> and the first thing David says is, man, Lord, I am lonely and afflicted. My heart is so troubled and it's multiplying. Would you check my heart? And if I'm sinful right now, if I'm about me and not about you and not about others, would you take away all my sin? Would you take away my self-interest? Because it's killing me. And you guys, we can fall into a trap where what happens is <clears throat> we get hurt or whatever and we erect these walls around us. Because, <laughs> come on, I, some of you maybe have never done this. I, that's what I do. In fact, when I was in California, God revealed that to me. So Nelson, you, you do, how's, how's your self-protection going? And I remember I had this picture of this huge wall that I built up. Because my heart was hurting, <laughs> being so lonely. And I didn't want it to hurt anymore. So I'm like, well, the last thing I'm going to do is hang out and let people hurt me. And then he's like, how's that self-protection going? I'm like, it stinks. I'm so into myself right now that I can't see anybody else. And we fall into this trap where we erect walls. And then what we want is we want people to climb those walls, Right? Knock them down. Come rescue me. Come love me, even though I'm stuck in here. And sometimes, you guys, it makes it even harder 
to be known because we don't want people to know us and it makes it harder to have others with you. And, and if we can help ourselves to understand, it's like, I just, I just, I think what we need to, maybe some of you right now, you just need to go, wait, whoa, 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 have I done that? Did I slip into self-consumed behavior so that I'm not even loving God by loving other people? And if that's the case, then maybe you can join David today and say, hey, God, take a look inside. And then take away my sin. Take it away. And I would say, maybe, don't wait, you guys. One of the things you say is, don't wait, love. See, because what you need to do is you say, when, God, when David says, God, look upon my heart, you know what he's really saying? He's not just saying, he's not asking God to go, oh, yep, see it. Yep, you're selfish. You know, that's not what he's doing. What is he saying when he says, look upon my heart? He's saying, do something to my heart. Do something, God, to my heart. So investigate yours this morning. Maybe what your application is that. Investigate your heart with God. Investigate it with others. Maybe for some of you this morning, your issue is you, you, you are so bitter and you're so angry at how things have gone that you haven't been able to forgive people. And man, there's, if there's a lack of forgiveness in your heart right now, that will build a wall and it'll end up isolating you. And you guys have heard, if you, have you ever heard this before? You know when you don't forgive somebody, who's the one who dies? You do. You do. You think you're inflicting pain on the other person and yet it's coming right back and it's killing you. And then, so what do you need to do? Just maybe confess today with God. And just confess to him. Say, oh God, thanks for the reminder. I totally walked in here self-consumed. I wasn't thinking about loving you or loving anybody else. See, as a follower of Christ, you guys, follower, follower of Christ. That means, disciple of Christ means I do what he does. Jesus never walked in and said, hey, I wonder if anybody's going to love me today. No, what did he do? I love people. I love God. I love people. And so just confess to him maybe today. God, take away my sin. Would that not be awesome if he would actually do that today? And we're going to give you a chance in our worship at the end. So that's the first thing David says. Take a look inside, God, when I'm lonely. And help me to see if there's any problem in there. The second thing, though, David says is this. Hey, God, would you take a look outside? I think I'm doing okay here. Would you take a look outside? Look at verse 19. He says, see how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. <laughs> Lord, I'm lonely. And my heart is troubled. And it's just getting to be a complete mess. Go ahead and take a look inside and see if I got some issues. But would you also take a look outside? Because these people, they hate me. <laughs> and, it, and this is really hard. <laughs> I'm really struggling with this. In fact, again, what it says here in the New American Standard Bible says, God, look upon my enemies. <laughs> For there are many. And so I was thinking about that, and I go, you know what, you guys, sometimes, sometimes people don't like you. I hate that. Sometimes people just don't like me. Oh, if you knew me, you don't know how much that bugs me. And when somebody's hating you, fiercely, as David said, let's not even go there. If someone's just angry at you or somebody's holding something against you and somebody wants to take you down or somebody wants to talk about you right behind somebody's back, which, you know, as Christians, we do that when we need to pray for somebody. We need to, <laughs> let me, let me, I just, I need some, I need to talk to you about so-and-so so we can pray for them. When that stuff's going on and then you find out about it, guess what? It's really hard. And so, and it's a very lonely feeling. When you know that people, and then if there's a group, if there's a clique, as was mentioned, of people who want nothing to do with me. Oh, God, would you have a look at that? 
Because I, I, I can't do anything about that. I need you to help me there. But let's say they don't even hate us, really. Because sometimes what I was thinking is sometimes people's hatred, what feels like their hatred or their lack of love for me, you know what it really is? It's just their own hearts. Sometimes what feels like people's hatred toward me is actually just their sin. This was a great revelation for me. Because I always thought when somebody was treating me bad or something was wrong, my immediate reaction was, well, what did I do? Anybody else go like that? What's wrong with me? How do I fix it? Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, no self-focus at all with me. But, and I remember finally somebody helped me to see, hey, Dave, maybe the problem's theirs. Oh, you mean everybody I run into doesn't have a perfectly righteous heart before God and love everybody? No, they don't. And so when I thought about that, I go, you know, sometimes the people you run in here to at K2, they're unable to love because they've got their own issues. They have self-focus and they have self-concern and self-interest. And it causes them not to love or to reach out to you. And it actually has nothing to do with you. Is that not good news? I think that's really good news. So go home free. I'm just surrounded by a bunch of idiots. I mean, that's what we are. And, and you know what? I don't know if I've said this in a long time. That was the one thing that we said from the day we started this church. This is the church for the screw-ups. If you're looking for the perfect church who does everything right, where everybody flows in white robes and everything, it's just not going to happen. This is the church for the people who, guess what? Who've been hated and who've been wounded and who've been hurt and who have sin in their life and think about themselves sometimes. And we're coming to Jesus, who's the only one who's not like that. <laughs> and so we got to give it like each other like a lot of grace because there's not a soul in this room who doesn't walk in some mornings, me included. I drive here some mornings going, God, it's the last place I want to be. Oh, I probably shouldn't have told you that, huh? <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Guess what? I got a life like yours, and sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's consuming me. And I tell you, here's the question, though. What are we going to do when this happens? What are we going to do when people don't reach out to us and they don't love us? You know what we want to do? Well, I'll return that favor, don't we? Want to give me a cold shoulder? Oh, yeah? I'm Mr. Freeze Miser. <laughs> I'll give you back a little bit of that, and then we'll see. Wow, won't that be a great church? If we, what, what a great church. What a great example of Christ. If we all treated each other the way we've been treated. We will fall apart and we will die. Grace is what we need in this place. So I was thinking, well, what do we do then? There's this great proverb, which is about wisdom. Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 says this. If your enemy is hungry, then give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Now, I wish I could give you a really clear explanation of what it means to have burning coals on your head, because I, I looked up commentaries, guys who study this, and, and they said, man, there's so many different options. One of them, though, might simply just be that if somebody's treating you like crap, and in turn you go, how you doing? And you actually bless them and you love them. You know what happens? It, the, one guy said, it's like you put burning holes on their head. In other words, they feel this pain inside because it's like, well, wait a second. How come you're treating me that way when I've been a jerk to you? 
Well, because that's how God treats me. I'm a jerk to God all the time. And he loves me. And what happens is, he said it can put a shame, it can put, actually put a burning of a shame in the person who's not quite, who's being an enemy to you. And he said, how great to have the pain of shame instead of the pain of punishment. Did you know that you could actually be a huge blessing to someone's life? Because you ever think about this again? Maybe the person who's not reaching out to you or not loving you is really thirsty themselves. Maybe they're really hungry themselves. And maybe you could be the drink of water that would totally transform their life and therefore your relationship. So you guys, sometimes there's just people who are going to hate you. Sometimes it's just going to be people who are struggling with their own sin, and we need to give grace and bless them. But then sometimes I was thinking about our enemies because David says, man, my enemies are just, oh. And you know what? Sometimes our enemies, when we're feeling lonely, are actually from our past. Lots of times our memories are our enemies. And we remember the wounds when people didn't reach out or maybe a mom or dad that didn't love us or, or parents that were just gone the whole time and, and it just, we, we developed this weird sense of loneliness inside and it's bugged you your whole life. Maybe you've been so wounded that you've actually lost confidence now. This has happened to me before. You lose confidence and you don't reach out anymore and you're not going to be vulnerable because it hurts too much. Don't raise your hand, but you anybody been there? It's like, man, and next thing you know, it's like, I remember what happened then, so I'm never going there again. <laughs> and we live in this unbelievable wall again of loneliness. And you know what happens when I do that? I keep my very heart from experiencing what I need. And what do I need? I need somebody to know me. And I need somebody to be with me. And yet sometimes our very memories hurt us. And I think what we got to do, you guys, we say, God, do something with my enemies. Look upon my enemies. God, would you look upon my memories? Because they're inhibiting me. All right, so now what do we do? What's David do? Hey, God, I'm lonely and afflicted. Troubles of my heart are multiplying. Would you take a look inside at my heart? And then would you take a look outside at all the other people, too, and their hearts? And would you help me get through this thing? And then, what do we do? Let's, the last part of the message right here. And we go to verse 20 and 21. And David says this, Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. Let me read the whole thing now for you. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I'm lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. And then see how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. You know, David knew when he was lonely and afflicted, he goes, this could be my issue, it could be somebody else's issue. But what does he do? This is the key right here. He turns loneliness into solitude. David turned loneliness into solitude. See, there's this weird paradox. If you want to heal your loneliness, then you got to get alone <laughs> with God. If you want to heal your loneliness, get alone with God. Loneliness, you guys, and here's the key, can actually be a gift 
if it leads to solitude. Paul Tillich says this, Language has created the word loneliness to express the pain of being alone, and it has created the word solitude to express the glory of being alone. And what does that mean? That means I can be alone and it can be glorious, or I can be alone and it can be loneliness. Well, what's the glory? The glory is that you and I can actually find the one and the only one who says, hey, I know you and I'm with you. I know you better than you know yourself and I am with you no matter what. When you want to leave yourself, I'm not leaving you. And what solitude does is if we take it, if we take our loneliness and actually move into solitude, what we do is we find God in the solitude, and that's what our soul longs for. Yes, we were made for a relationship with each other. We are, and we need that. But our relationship, catch this, our relationship with others works and flows out of a relationship with God. Man, I've said this a million times, right? Susie makes a great wife, but a horrible God. You guys, too. You guys are awesome. I think this is a great church. Many people said, yes, this is friendly. I love it. All this kind of stuff. But if you're looking to any person in here to be the one who satisfies your soul, you have misplaced that person. You've misplaced God with that person. Our relationships work, and they will only work here as a church if first I am in solitude with God, and he's satisfying my soul, and now I actually have something to offer when I walk into this place. And then we can love. Solitude, you know what it does is it, it puts all the distractions get put aside. Whew, it's just me and God. That's why a lot of people don't like it, because it gets too scary. But what happens is you start to listen more attentively. You can hear him better. You find what your soul wants and needs, and there's strength, you guys. I'm telling you, when I sat in California in a hole for a year and a half, what that was about was finding strength because there's strength with God that there's not in any other human being and not within your own self. And we've got to be connected to him. Paul Brunton says this, solitude is strength. To depend on the presence of the crowd is weakness. The man who needs the mob to nerve him is much more alone than he imagines. And I'm like, I read that quote and I'm like, because that's me. I'm an extrovert. But not only that, but I just, I get way too much of my value from the people around me. And if I need that, I'm pretty alone. And so you know what happened to me is you guys, and you got to catch this. Sometimes God, out of his love, does what? He makes you lonely. And you want to go, wait a second, you said it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, 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 I know. But see, that was in the garden when Adam and God were like this. And then he said, yeah, but you, you do. You need human companionship. But this has to happen first. And if you're out there trying to take care of your loneliness through all the people, God might sometimes go, eh, I'm going to take all the people away. That's what he's done to me. And it is pure pain. I am so glad, though, that God loves us enough to let us suffer. Because what he did in California to me is he moved me into loneliness so that he could move me into solitude and so that I could get back to the place that my heart needs, which is where God means more to me than you do. 
didn't realize it. But the church and the people became more important to me. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, if I'm dependent on you, and if you're dependent on me, we're all in big trouble. If you're depending on each other, you're in big trouble. And maybe some of you, maybe, this is actually a time of grace where God is saying, I'm just going to make you lonely because i got to get you to myself. Did you know that what he did to David? You know why David could write this stuff? Because he said, hey, David, you're going to be my king. Woo! King of Israel. All right, now get out of here. And go be alone for like years. And let people chase you down and hide in caves for your life. Because I love you. Hey, Jesus, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Get out of here. And the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. Some of us think Jesus found himself in the desert. Oh, oh, no. The Holy Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted. Paul, I'm going to shine on you with bright light and blind you to let you know that I'm God. Do you understand how important you are to me? Okay, I get it now. Great. Boom, get out of here. And he sent Paul away to be alone for years. Isn't that interesting? Don't you think God would be like, hey, awesome, come on. Now, obviously, when they were alone, he was still there. But he put him in loneliness because the wilderness is a time of preparation for a promise. It really can be. Wilderness is often the precursor to a great purpose. Did David have a great purpose? Did Jesus have a great purpose? Did Paul have a great purpose? And sometimes God goes, I have a great purpose for you. Be alone. Be a lonely person. Come to the place where you know me so deeply that no matter what people do around you, it won't shake you. I can do that in you. And you guys, that's why David could write things like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He could write Psalm 139. Write that down in your your notes and go home and read it. Or he could say, wow, you know me. And no matter where I go, you're there. I can't get away from you. You know me and you're with me. And the human soul needs to know that. So what do we need to do, you guys? Here you go. We need to take a look inside. And this morning, maybe you need to confess to God that you've just been all about yourself and it's causing your loneliness. Can I just tell you something really great? Because we're going to do communion here today. You know what's so great? Is this morning, if you confess your sin to God, he will be faithful and just to forgive you. When you take the communion today, you're going to be able to take that blood, that, that cup that represents the blood of Christ, that actually washes away all of your sin and has reconciled you to God. And you could walk out of here today with a brand new start of saying, whoo, oh, what a God. He's not ticked off of me because I haven't loved him because I haven't been loving people. He's up there waiting to show me mercy and to give me grace today. And I need that. Maybe you need that today. And maybe when you take communion today, this will be your chance to, oh, just rest in that. You know what? I just thought that. Are we taking communion today? Yes, thank you. Okay, can we erase that from the video? Second thing. That's, maybe that's the first thing you need to do, is be free today from your selfishness. Secondly, take a look outside. 
And maybe today is the day where you just go, you finally realize, wow, I'm surrounded by some really, really hurting people. And hurt people hurt people. You guys know that? And if you've been hurt because somebody's been hurt, oh, who's going to break the chain? Could it be you? Yes, it could. Take a look outside. And, you know, one guy said, man, instead of the mirror, you got this big mirror. Woe is me. He said, turn your mirror into a window and finally go, oh, whew, wow, that's nice to not look at myself anymore. I'm going to look at you. And I'm going to help you today to not stand in that lobby alone. And I'm going to help you today to experience the love of God. Take a look inside, take a look outside, and then take a look at God, you guys. Go to God. You know, and partly what you need to do maybe today is go to his word. I'm gonna, I, I think I may, I may say this every Sunday. I'm telling you this, man. When God puts you in a hole and makes you lonely, you don't just come to church and go, oh, I love God. He's so wonderful and loving. No, he's not. He's terrifying and loving. But he's loving. Now, how are you going to do that when you don't feel like it? How, what is going to get you through life when you don't feel like God's good to you? Right here, buddy. You have got to know the word of God that says, I am with you. You have to know, all of you guys who are Christians out there, you need to know as we just celebrated recently, if you've been baptized into Christ and Christ is in you, you're enmeshed with him and he says, can't leave you, can't forsake you, won't. You're mine, I'm in you. There's not a second of the day that you ever live alone. Nothing can separate you from my love. Read Romans 8 if you're struggling right now. Go into that amazing passage. That's what I had to do. You just have to read it over, and I have to read it over, and I have to read it over, because I don't believe God, and I'm a pastor. So how do you believe God when you're struggling? I don't know. The only way I can believe God is i got to go to his word and let him tell me the truth, because I don't believe the truth right now. And I'm telling you, you got to get in this thing and know it. Even David did that. Earlier in Psalm 25, he said this, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Who's your hope in? Your spouse? For crying out loud? Me? Please, Lord Jesus. The other people in this room? No, my hope is in you. Teach me your ways. Show me your paths. Help me to know what is true about you, and I'll have strength to move on. He knows you. He's with you. And he loves you. Are you lonely today? It never is pleasant. It's never pleasant. Oh, God, am I lonely? Let's pray. God, would you help every heart in this room right now that's lonely because they're consumed with themselves? Would you help every person in here who really, in, in actuality, maybe is just struggling with sin right now? They don't love you, so they're not tight with you. They're not loving the people around them, so there's a, a chasm there and they're feeling isolated and they're alone, would you speak to them right now in their heart and say to them, I love you. Confess your sin to me. 
and I will be faithful and just to forgive you. I died for that sin. Receive my forgiveness. Lord, would you minister to every person in this room who in reality is surrounded by people who just, for whatever reason, aren't reaching out to them. They're in hard situations. They have people who don't like them, who are angry at them. Or maybe they're just surrounded by people who are struggling with their own sin. But God, would you help them and strengthen them and give them the power to love them anyway, to keep burning coals on their head, to feed them and give them drink and to bless them so they can be free. And then, Lord, would you help every one of us to remember by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can have all of our sin forgiven so that we can be reconciled to you, relational term. We are in relationship with you. And you never leave us, and you never forsake us, even when you send us into the wilderness, and even when you make us lonely, and you don't supply the people around us. You are there. Would you turn every person's eyes, God, if there's anybody in this room right now that you actually kicked out into the wilderness, that you have, that you have them being lonely today, would you lift their head today and help them to stare in your eyes and to remember that they're dearly loved? And I pray that you do that as we close our service here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are going to celebrate communion right now. Band, come on up. And as we do this, you guys, I really do want you to remember when you hold that body, Jesus said, remember this. This is too, so you'll remember me, that my body was broken for you. Did you guys know that he suffered in every way that you suffered? Did you know that Jesus was lonely? He was lonely. And the most awesome loneliness he ever experienced was while he was on the cross, when he cried out to the Father and said, why have you forsaken me? Come on now, everybody else left me. I am totally alone here, and now you have forsaken me. Why have you forsaken me? You know why, so that he would never have to forsake you. So that every one of his children would never need to utter the words, is God with me? You are reconciled. And when you take this body, and when you take this cup, you remember that Jesus Christ has done everything. Your sins are wiped clean. Celebrate that today. Celebrate it. Take a look inside, God, and take away all my sin. Right now, right today. Walk out of here free and clean. Get your eyes off yourself and start loving other people and let Jesus Christ change you forever. All right? And then listen to this amazing song while you're doing this. And, let's, and we're going to worship you guys. You give your heart to God. You pursue him with a pure and holy passion if you're lonely because he's the one who will satisfy your soul. He's the only one. Let's do it together.